everybody, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And with me today, I have a super special guest. Uh, I have Mr. Tom Elliott. Hello, Tom. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, now, Tom ho- co-hosts the Strange and Deadly show, right? Where you and, mm-hmm. and the Gore Boy discuss lesser-known horror films, uh, and also, That's right. uh, and also Friday the Thirteenth one and two. As a side note, uh, <laughs> uh, he also hosts the hosted the Gentleman's Grindhouse, uh, and you're the writer for Scream Magazine, and of course mm-hmm. the Twilight Zone podcast. So, welcome mm-hmm. again, Tom. It's uh, it's good to be here. It's a nice change to actually speak with someone about the Twilight Zone. So it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean you you've been doing the the Twilight Zone podcast for a good long while, um, and mm. and so when I started up season two, started preparation for it, I wanted to make sure I, I grabbed uh, as as many of the other Twilight Zone podcasters as I could, um, because you mm-hmm. you really are a staple to the iTunes and. Uh, podcast legacy of Twilight Zone, so I really appreciate it. Well, that's very kind of you to say. You know, it, it has been a while, um, and you know, we were just talking. Then the thing about the Twilight Zone is, uh, you know, you finish one season, and then you're at the beginning of the next season, aren't you? And there's almost forty episodes to go, and it's like, my God, there's so many. You know, it's kind of like being at the bottom of a mountain and climbing your way up <laughs> through through so many episodes. Yeah, you. you... It, you you start at you at the very beginning of it. You're like, okay, thirty thirty six episodes. Here we go. Here we go. And you're 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 making it through the season. You're like, I'm almost there. And then, bam, you're you're at the end, and you're like, I have another super big ass hill to climb. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I want to I want to talk to you more about uh, your shows and also mm-hmm. your your work at Screen Magazine in a little bit, but. Uh, let's, let's say you get, well, let's say we, I don't know, say you, say we, I just woke up. Uh, let's, (laughs) let's talk about today's episode, which is the man in the bottle. Um, so Mm -hmm. that originally aired, uh, October 7th, 1960. It stars Luther Adler as Arthur Castle, who was, um, looking through his IMDb. I found the most interesting thing he was in besides this was an American remake of Fritz Lang's M. Um, okay, and it's we have Viv Janice as Edna Castle, and she was in another Twilight Zone episode, uh, the infamous Fever, uh, where uh, where Franklin gets his comeuppance with a slot machine. Uh huh. And then Joseph Ruskin, who is uh, who stars as the genie, um, and one of the things I'm doing on this season is because I've been watching so much Columbo lately, I've noticed that there's so many Columbo tie uh, ties in. Uh, tie-ins okay um and uh-huh. so he was in a colombo tie-in as uh he was in a mrs colombo episode which was actually a thing i guess um maybe for like two seasons mrs colombo mm. weird uh and he was yeah. in and he was also night gallery and the voice of the ship cannon in to serve man mm. Um, He's also a big Star Trek guy, isn't he? He starred in like um, a few of the different versions of Star Trek, I think. Yes, yes, yeah. So, so many of them. And I, I was like going through the, the list. I was like, "Hey, Star Trek! Hey, Star Trek! Look at it! There's mm-hmm. Star Trek again." Uh, and then let's see. It was directed by Don Medford, who directed five episodes of the Twilight Zone, um, and Death's Head, Death Ship, uh, Death's Head revisited Death Ship, Past Past Trumpet, 
this one, of course, and The Mirror, which starred Peter Falk, who was in Columbo. Ah. So everything's linked, isn't it? Every everything's linked to Columbo. It's it's six degrees of Columbo separation. <laughs> and then finally, uh, the teleplay is by Rod Serling. Mm. So getting getting into the synopsis real quick, uh, Arthur Castle, he's an in debt uh, antique store owner, and he's kind of sorting through his bills. Uh, his his shop is failing. And that's when a woman comes in trying to hawk it, what she says is an heirloom, and it's it looks just like an old wine bottle, which is what it is, actually. Uh, though he's, you know, down on his luck, him and, him and his wife Edna are down on their luck, and the shop's going under. He's like, okay, she this woman is, is not in a good place. I'll buy it for a dollar. And so he does, and she's happy. But Edna and he fight over the bottle, and he drops it, unleashing a genie. And as we all know with genies, uh, they, they get a little bit more than they, they ask for. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, get, they get four wishes, right? Uh, the first one, because neither of them believe the genie is a real thing, uh, wish for the glass in their display case, which is broken, to be fixed. And so... Immediately, he's like, okay, here we go, right? Um, and then what, what the other wishes are, of course, uh, what would you wish for? Of course, I would do money. So Edna and Arthur, they wish for a million dollars. And so the, the, the money starts falling from the sky, bing, bang, boom, and they're so excited. Uh, and, of course, the genie is laughing maniacally, um, which I, I don't know if, I don't know about you, but like that would be my first clue that I should not wish for anything else when he's like, when he's clearly laughing yeah. at my misfortune. Um, well, he he's an interesting kind of character, though, isn't he? Because you, you you don't really know which way he's going. Is he there with with good or or bad intent? You know what I mean. Yeah. So he, it is an interesting kind of character. But I but I think these, you know, genie in a bottle. People get wishes by whatever means. Stories always have this this level of um, uh, this this thing built in, basically, where things never really work out. I'd love to see a genie story where, at the end of it, they're like, "Wow, that that worked out pretty well." You know, <laughs> I'm living in a big house. I got a million dollars. I got, you know, it's like it never works out like that. Uh, and I'd love to see it actually happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think maybe the closest to that is is uh aladdin maybe mm. maybe but at the end yeah, it's not yeah. his wish it's just yeah. uh uh they ask for a million dollars they get it and after giving away a, a boatload of money around sixty thousand to the neighborhood right which is which is really quite generous they're just like hey sally here's some money here's some money that's that's pretty awesome that's not something you see necessarily in, in wish movies um but then the irs man yeah. shows up and uh, I don't know how taxes worked in in the '60s, but I feel that taking uh, nine hundred thousand of a million was was not how that that worked. <laughs> does it? Does I? Yeah, does, I, I know, right? <laughs> uh, does that math? Does that math that up for you? 
no no not at all i uh it, it very strange indeed i mean I, I maybe they owed some back taxes for the store as well but not uh, that much surely because they were they were broke so yeah <laughs> it's just very strange that because these are good people right from the yeah. beginning you yeah. know they're good people he they've got no money themselves but to give the old lady a dollar well he does just to you know keep her going mm -hmm. that kind of thing so you know then then they get these wishes and they're still good people it doesn't seem to be corrupting them so it it, it is quite unusual in a couple of ways because I, I think the the usual way would be like okay well if they start out good then they get corrupted or like they start out bad and they get even more corrupted but these tend to be good people through and through yeah yeah and, and the only the only real time uh, they start to kind of seem corrupted, and, and really Edna never seems to be corrupted. Um, but when Arthur decides, okay, uh, the Irish man took my money, but there's unintended consequences with all these wishes. Okay, let me let me think of a way. Let me think of a way that mm -hmm. that I won't uh, have any consequences. And so of course he decides that he wants to be a ruler of a country, right? Like how could how yeah. could that go bad? <laughs> Um, and immediately I, as I was watching the episode, I, I think, well, no, there's so many ways this could go bad. Like immediately I think assassination, but you know, mm. uh, that's neither here nor there. But of course he's like, okay, I want to be a ruler of country. It has to be contemporary. It has to be in this century. Uh, I can't be voted out of office, which is his command. And he turns into, of course, the best leader of the Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, God, no one saw. <laughs> I I have a side question on that. Like, people back in the '60s, like, is that would they have guessed Hitler? Like, they know it's going to go wrong, based on the the pattern of the episode. Did they think Hitler at that time? Time, you know? I don't know because I I'd actually forgotten this episode before I watched it again recently for this and then yeah. I was like oh it's the Hitler one you know because um it's been lampooned you know I think the Simpsons have done it and yeah. a few other things here and there have done it so I was kind of on board with the episode to a point and then it was like <laughs> oh the hitler thing okay <laughs> and it just takes it from you know a nice little story in an antique shop with this nice couple to like the ridiculous you know, straight away right, right um so i really don't but i don't know whether it could have been handled in a in a good way or not or is it just so ridiculous that however they done it it would be odd because you know the way he because i think luther adler was was a decent actor throughout but then you put him in the hitler costume and he's <laughs> screaming into the camera lens i'm hitler and yeah. you know it's the end of the war telling everyone what's going on it's it just takes it from you know this small little episode in an antique store to the most ridiculous thing <laughs> you've ever seen on the twilight zone almost yeah yeah so like so subdued to incredibly heavy-handed in in the in the mm -hmm. matter of a second uh yeah the the, the hitler yeah. the hitler thing threw me off and i was actually like surprised that it's like oh yeah you know that is a it, it does make a convincing a convincing end of the war uh, manic hitler um <laughs> but 
Yeah, obviously he doesn't want to stay Hitler, so that's that's what he uses his last wish for is to to go back. Um, and he goes back, and then Edna's like, "What happened?" Uh, he's like, "No more wishes, right?" So him and now his wife they <laughs> decide, you know what? Better leave better leave things the way they are. Let's just live life how we have it now. Um, and then he breaks the glass case again. <laughs> Uh, the yeah. uh, the unintended consequences of all his decisions. Uh, so mm. so Tom, uh, tell me like what like what did you think of the episode as as a whole? It's a funny one, really, because I I I kind of go back and forth a bit on it because mm. there's things that I really enjoy about it, and there's things that that I don't, and overall. Uh, you know, I, I guess if we break it down, I I like the couple. I like Luther Adler and uh, VV Janice. I think they they both perform it well. They're you know very believable kind of people. And I love Joseph Ruskin as the genie. I think he's absolutely great. Yeah. You know, it, it's a shame they never used him more in the show. Um, so there's those good things. But then there's the Hitler thing, and I've already kind of spoke about that, which just takes it so far out of the realms of uh, where it was that it, it it makes your head spin for a moment. Yeah, and then it uh, and then it all comes back down, and uh, and at the end of it, I'm kind of like, well, I can kind of see what he's going for, because I, I've always been of the opinion that the Twilight Zone, um, you know, either punishes you or teaches you a lesson or and teaches you a lesson in a good or a bad way you know inspires you or, or something and in this case it seemed to be um that the message was a little bit muddled because in the beginning they were good people who were down on their luck and were a bit down about it and you know fair enough then they're nearly bankrupt you know right. so i kind of see why they are but then at the end, once they've been through all this, um, I'm just not quite sure where the message was. It, it was kind of like, well, you know, you should be grateful for what you have and make the most of what you have, which is which is fair enough. But it, I just don't think the execution was that great. Right, right. Uh, um, there, there's a lot of uh, mo- movies, stories uh, about, you know, the, this kind of, be careful what you wish for. And and I and I agree mm-hmm. with you that there other than that message, there's not really too much else to to glean from it, right? Um I know like Monkey's Paw, that was published in 1902, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Lampoon by its Simpsons and uh and then you have like Wishmaster even uh, in 1997. <laughs> like this mm-hmm. whole like, hey, you're going to make a wish. It's going to it's going to come out badly and just let you know. Um, I, I mean, what do you, yeah. why do you think that the stories, uh, are so popular still? Like what, why do we rehash the, the story? Like what new message message is there to gain from it? I think because a certain type of story really involves the audience, you know, it, it puts you in a situation where you're like, what would you do? And what I like about monkeys, poor, you know, wish type stories is it, it sort of brings into into question, you know, that the universe or the Twilight Zone or whatever 
has a way of working and if you gain something then there has to be a cost and that's just the balance of it so when you're getting something seemingly for nothing you have no control over what that cost is because you're just saying right i want that thing now and you know it, it's not like if you go out and you start a business and make a million dollars then you've put that work in so you know what that cost is the cost was your time your efforts your ideas whatever um but when you get it instantly then what what the cost is is out of your hands and it can be anything so i i think it does make for a good story you know which is which is why i think people probably play on that and uh, have played on it and still do over the years yeah yeah um i I think it would be an interesting uh variation of that the the wish story to maybe uh i don't know dig a little bit deeper and explore like as you said you know the uh the the person who makes a million dollars who who knows how much hard work it went into like Mm. whenever we have a wish story we see they make the wish and then they're at the end point I don't know if there's a way to tell a story how they kind of uh, include all that that middle stuff or or like allude to all that middle stuff. I, I don't know. Like, uh, have you ever seen that the movie Next with Adam Sandler? I know it's not a great. I movie, have not. But, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> boom. Well, we, well, we don't need to talk about it. the the less the better probably. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Just all all the. I guess that's the the part that makes those stories interesting is that it's all the extra stuff, all that middle stuff is implied. Uh, mm. and, and the, the consequences go with it. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, are there, are there any of those wishes in this episode that you think, well, maybe he shouldn't have done, maybe he should have asked for it this way. Or, uh, how would, how would you have wished? I guess is the question. Well, I, I I probably wouldn't have wasted my first wish on a broken cabinet, to be honest. Um, oh yeah, that's true. You know, I I, I would have went straight for the money, you know, <laughs> um, and see see how he could he could do that and see how we got on with that wish. Um, but you know, once the tax man came along, I would probably have just wished for more money, like he almost did, yeah. saying, you know, now I want a million dollars after tax and see how that went on you know what i mean but but for some reason they're so stuck on no no more money you know and it, and again I, I don't feel that really made sense so i guess it wouldn't have made for an entertaining episode if they're just like okay we want money <laughs> now we want more money let's have some more money now you know what i mean yeah. that so i can kind of see why they have to do different things but I wouldn't have asked to be a ruler of a country, you know, that's, that's like where you've got to make sure the buses run on time. You've got to, you know, make sure the hospitals have got dark, you know what I mean? It's hard work. Yeah. I don't want to be doing that. <laughs> like, Oh, I got to listen to another advisor telling me what to say on TV. Ugh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to see an episode or a story written about just asking for more money for all of their wishes. Right. Like <laughs> the, the whole trial and error of wishing for money. <laughs> like what if they yeah, started just they, trying, just trying to close those loopholes every time. Yes. Yeah. Like, like a good time travel movie. Like there's just so many plot holes. You're like, okay, let me try Let me try this one more time. Uh, and that actually, <laughs> so I had a, I had a question about, um, so 
you know, one of the things is you can't wish for more wishes ever, right? Uh, and there's all these these mm. genie rules throughout um, <laughs> throughout history, I guess, the history of the genie. Uh, yeah. I've always wondered, just and this is a stupid question to ask, pretty much, but why? Why can't I? Why can't I wish for more wishes? Damn it! I could totally close <laughs> those loopholes. Yeah, just keep going until you you got it right. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I I don't mind it so much because I I, I guess they're they're touching on because we don't know why the genie is. We don't know his backstory. We're just knowing that he kind of. Um, becomes part of their lives briefly and then and then goes on and and I don't mind that so much because at the end of the day I I kind of see the twilight zone as having rules but we can't always comprehend them yeah. because that it beyond what we can and the only person who can re- truly comprehend them is the the sort of twilight zone version of Rod Serling you know the guy who who stands there and, uh, and introduces it as a, a sort of guide. I, that's the way I kind of see the Twilight Zone. So, you know, I'm I'm okay with rules that we're not really privy to. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, I, I always ask the rating for the show, right, rating for the episode, in whichever system you mm. prefer, uh, what would you rate this episode? Whew, um, <laughs> you know... That that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> okay, I I guess I I'll, I'll go out of five maybe, and I'd maybe go about a two and a half. I you know because I didn't hate it. I sat there and was kind of entertained by it. It's only when you think about it that that you think right. It's it's sort of this fabulistic tale that doesn't really add up. You know, good people who are down on their luck and feel bad about it, get a sort of bad experience through the twilight zone that makes them think, okay, thank God we're just in a really bad situation. We'll try and make it better. But, you know, it it was okay that they felt bad about this situation because they had every right to be. So I just think it was a bit of a muddled message. But, you know good people in it. Luther Adler was good. Really like Joseph Ruskin as the genie. Um, and, I, you know, between Twilight Zones, I, I can sit and watch it and be kind of entertained by it, but I, I don't think it's it's a great Twilight Zone by any means. So maybe about a two and a half. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with you on that. The two and a half is, is pretty middle of the road, I think, for it. Uh, mm. it it's, not, it's not a terrible episode. I was entertained, e- even with the, the bombastic Hitler reveal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I agree with you about Joseph Ruskin. Just that whole the whole dapperness of the genie, mm. right? Like that that was a cool representation. It wasn't like this uh, this uh, Arabian kind of genie. He was just very uh, prim and proper, right? Yeah, Mi- yeah. Minus the the maniacal laughter. I think that was <laughs> which is, <laughs> is awesome too. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, well. Thank, thank you for, thank you for watching the, the episode and, and and talking about that. Um, no, I, no problem. I wanted to ask you uh, some stuff about your show and, and your kind of history with, with the Twilight Zone. Um, so you mm. start, you started off with a Twilight Zone podcast, right? Um, and then you, you've been pushing out content uh, since then. There was a, a brief time where you uh, there was a different host for the show. Um, what was it? about the twilight zone that that drew you into to want to talk about it for a podcast uh, you know what it was it, it it was kind of a nostalgia thing because when i was a kid 
you know, you you read kids' stories, you watch TV shows, and they're sort of enriching your imagination as you go. But then you watch The Twilight Zone, and it kind of changes everything, I think, because it it's like, okay, stories don't have to be a particular way. And when I was a kid, it blew me mind, you know. Um, and I remember sitting watching them. I'd stay up till two in the morning to watch them and record them. And but unfortunately, British Telly doesn't rerun the Twilight Zone. The 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 unfortunate thing is they rerun the eighties Twilight Zone, but they don't rerun the original Twilight Zone. So oh. I hadn't seen the show in years. And when they came on DVD, I bought them all, yeah. and I was podcasting about horror movies i was writing for screen magazine i was you know and i just wanted to do something different and i i looked at these things on the shelf and i thought you know what this would be a good thing to do just go through the twilight zone um so the rest is history uh yeah in in you you've been doing it since then um and of <laughs> course uh a bunch of a bunch of young upstarts came into the, the scene. Uh, so I apologize, <laughs> apologize for that on behalf of all, all of my peers. Um, That's all right. So you, you watched it as a, as a kid, right? Um, mm. I, I've always been interested, you know, we have the Twilight Zone Marathon here every 4th of July and every New Year's, right? Um, you're mm. not as, I don't think you guys have that similar uh, no, marathon. No. Um, so overall, like, how do you feel the show's impact compares like culturally be- between the U S and uh, England? Well, the, it's quite sad to be honest because, you know, it still seems to be part of your national consciousness. You, you know, you watch it twice a year on these marathons. I imagine it's probably rerun somewhere as well, I yeah. guess. On a, So, you know, it, it's still there, but it, in England, it's just, it's just not. And I, I have, you know, geek friends. And uh, geek is cool in America, right? You know? Yeah. I think okay, so. right. I, well, because, so. you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm a geek, you know, I'm into geeky stuff. And, but I, I've got geeky friends in England who are like, don't know about the Twilight Zone. And, and I want to say to them, you don't know the Twilight Zone half of this stuff came from the twilight zone you know what i mean this is mm. this is such required watching that you know everything after owes so much to it and unfortunately it's getting forgotten so it's it's really quite sad yeah that that's that that's interesting to me cuz the next question was going to be like some of the the television out there on bbc like like black mirror for instance you know like just mm. just taking some I feel like uh, Black Mirror is influenced a lot by Twilight Zone and, and some of these anthology shows. Um, and, yeah. and how do we, uh, in the U.S., it's kind of easier, I guess, to say, like, yeah, Twilight Zone inspired that. Uh, but as you said, mm-hmm. in the U.K., it's not as uh, as par- as much of the social consciousness uh, to mm-hmm. say, hey, uh, make sure you... Uh, honor this I, I don't know i think you know the good thing was that the guy who created black mirror charlie brooker was quite open when he uh, when that show first came out that he was saying you know this is clearly inspired by the twilight zone this is what it's about it's a it's an up, 
almost an updated version of it with modern sensibilities. Uh, it's it's probably uh, more adults. You wouldn't want to, sh- you know, Twilight Zone's very kid friendly, but Black Mirror isn't. No. Um, no, no, no. So, and there there wasn't as much bestiality in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> True. <laughs> so you know, good on him. He was quite open about it. Oh, absolutely, this is inspired by the Twilight Zone, but um, you know, it didn't bring about a, a kind of um, reintroduction of the Twilight Zone in, into into England, unfortunately. So uh, you know, what can you do? Yeah. I, I a little bit later on in the season, I'm going to talk to a uh, uh, doctor who it taught out there, um, mm. and uh, she used Twilight Zone episodes as part of her syllabus in order to teach about morality and stuff like that. Um, oh wow! And so, so I uh, I'll talk to her more about that. But that I thought that was cool to uh, introduce the Twilight Zone to uh, like try to um, merge it into that that culture, if you will. Yeah, 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 definitely. So you you mentioned that you watched it as a kid. Do you remember what your first mm. episode is that you saw? You know, I can't remember the first episode, but I, I I a few stick in my mind as as really um creating that impression for me that that sort of memory of the Twilight Zone. So um, mirror image is one that always stuck with me as a kid you know watching that at two o'clock in the morning on your own is is the perfect time <laughs> to to is it was it mirror image is that what it's called the bus station one it's been a while or yeah. is it mirror mirror uh it's it's mirror image yeah the, the top mirror image, that's right yeah yeah i that one really sticks in in my mind and I'm, I'm not sure it was the first one but it, it's one that really made a big impression on me yeah. Uh, do, do you have a favorite episode? I know this is a loaded question. This It's not usually an easy one to answer. <laughs> yeah. I, you might have to come back to me okay. on that one because I'm, I'm only like, I'm near the end of season two now okay. and it'll probably take me years to get through the rest of them at, at the current rate that I'm going. But, <laughs> you know, I, I would say maybe pencil in that Will, Willoughby is a good one. Stop at Willoughby is one that uh i've i've always really quite gravitated to so maybe maybe i'll put that one there for now and when i get to the end of season five maybe i'll revise my opinion on that one all right all right cool deal and whenever that happens we will i'll, I'll put out a, a an update and this just in tom has uh all right man well well thank you for those uh now where can where can people find more of your work, uh, both your podcast and uh, Screen Magazine stuff? Well, um, you know, if if people are just purely interested in the Twilight Zone, then the TwilightZonePodcast dot com will take you straight to the podcast itself, uh, which is on the kind of biggest site um, called Gentleman's Grand House Records now. There's no records on there, <laughs> strangely, but that it was kind of without going too deeply into it, it, it was supposed to be a, a, a kind of store we had planned where we were going to, um, it was going to be a vinyl store uh-huh. and the podcasts were going to kind of be a, a free extra, if you like, but we just never quite got it off the ground. So now I'm stuck with this website called Gentleman's Grand House Records when there's no records on it. But anyway, yeah, go to the twilightzonepodcast.com and, and you'll get to the site and, you know, um, 
my other podcast, The Strange and Deadly Show, is there as well. That's that's currently running as well. If if you like your horror movies, uh, de- definitely do. Uh, I there's this there's this thing on Facebook recently. The three uh, fictional characters that determine who you are, right? And so you just mm. put a, you just get three different pictures of characters, and uh, you say, okay, this this is me because of this. This is me because of this. And uh, I, for me, I chose the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt as one of them. Nice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, just because, uh, first of all, I like puns a lot. I don't know why, and uh-huh. also because of the horror movie stuff. So, uh, you 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 write for Scream magazine, right? Um, can I just mm. ask? Can I just ask, like, how you obviously you you love horror movies um, to mm. to work for Scream? Uh, what what is about horror movies that you like? Again, it was just from watching stuff as a kid. You know, I, I was watching these movies when I was probably too young to be watching them. Things like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. They were my kids' movies. You know, they were what I was watching when I was very young. So there's a huge element of nostalgia there. Um, and although I'm I'm not a violent man in my life, you know, I'm a, a <laughs> down-to-earth, calm-as-anything guy, but... I enjoy movie violence, you know what I mean? Which is where it should stay rather than being on the streets. So yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I, you know, I like a good bit of splatter, a good, <laughs> a good, a good kill on, on screen, that kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah, I, I still get a kick out of horror movies. Man, as, as a kid, I don't know how I got away with watching so much of this stuff. Like nightmare on Elm street, mm-hmm. child's play destroyed me as, as a kid. <laughs> uh, and and my parents let me watch all that stuff. I I don't I don't know how or why. Like, cause I my son now uh, I I won't lie I don't censor him. We watched Jaws the other day. Um, mm, good, good. But there there's still parts where I'm like ah, I don't think he should I don't think he should see this girl getting raped. Yeah. Like I spit on your grave. Not in real life. Yeah, well, <laughs> just, just, you definitely just, shouldn't be showing a kid I spit on your grave. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Uh, um, you know, I, I think even when I was a kid, my parents had limits. Um, but it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I, I, because I think I would rather show my child, you know, a horror movie with me there to let them know everything's okay. You know, it's just a ride, and that's the best way to do it. You know, rather than them going to their friend's house, which is a bit of a rite of passage as well, going around your friend's house and watching these things. Yeah. But you know, I. It, it's a tough one. You're right. When we were kids, like my parents let me watch all this stuff. I'm not too sure whether I would be so lenient now myself, or I don't know. Um, all right. Well, well. Hey, uh, thank you again, Tom, uh, for for coming on the show and, and help me out with that. No problem at all. It's it's been it's been good fun. And for those of you who want to get a hold of me, there's a few ways to do that. Uh, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com s4ya podcast. I'm on Instagram, S4YA underscore podcast. Twitter, S4YA underscore podcast. Email, S4YA podcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave a message if you're stateside, 860-GO-TZ-POD. It took me like about two hours to find out how I can fit TZ into a phone number. Uh, (laughs) And then finally, uh, if if iTunes, uh, head out, leave a rating, leave a review, um, be honest. I appreciate any and all feedback. I'm trying to get better at this and, and provide content that is entertaining 
and interesting and doesn't suck. So uh, I, I would love for you to do that. And that is it. That is it. Uh, until next week, uh, I am Brandon. And again, thank you so much, Tom. No problem. And this is submitted for your approval. 